editing, so <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yes. Um, so really? I just realized we haven't got a title for our podcast yet. Have you had a think about this? Oh, right. Um, to put you on the spot. We I mean, don't I'd, need one I'd, yet. I'd really like it to be something, of, I mean, just based on the last episode that we saw, I'd like it to be something based on my take on the HR practices on starships uh, in the Federation, because there are some questionable things going on there. And I could make a lot of money sort of, you know, doing things like, oh, I don't know, constructive dismissal lawsuits and stuff like that in that sort of environment. So whatever the equivalent of an ambulance chaser in Star Trek universe is. Sure. I can't remember. I'm just, what is the link between that and the last episode on HR? Remind me. Are you, are you, I mean, you know, the entire thing of, uh, half Vulcan, not half Vulcan, uh, half Klingon knocks out superior in first scene. And this becomes Q for her superior. Yeah. Yeah. Q for her superior to say that she should be the top engineer because it's all about who's the best, you know, fist fighter. Okay, like, so I see we're going to have a lot to discuss. <laughs> we, we, with her, I have some questions here. Um, you know, how I sort of summed it up, I made some notes here. Wait, 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 was, wait. Oh, so no, just no, to no, confirm, no, oh, right, we sorry. don't have a title for our podcast yet, so we'll carry on working on that. But in this and episode... And I am disappointed in you all, may I say. <laughs> well, I still have the terrible podcast of something like Janeway's Children or like Janeway Paris Children or something. Because We're not I, good enough to I be Janeway's Children. That's the, that's the one to be. That's, so, that's the Janeway's uh, children. The and then... Salamanders are essentially Janeway's <laughs> descendants or something. The Star Trek Salamanders? Uh, I don't know if we can use the word Star Trek, but I. Oh, right. Um... That's not a bad shot. Let me not note that down. Um... Maybe we can, but they are very strange about their. Oh, yeah. that's what I just picked up. But does that mean they'll have a problem with Janeway? Or is that okay because that's just the name of a character? Yeah, also, not a good question. Well. Mm. Actually, Not either the way. Star Trek salamanders. <laughs> I'm, I like, yeah. I'm afraid I completely forgot that that was the homework, so I need to. Oh no, don't worry. <laughs> Give me another week. Well, I have a thing more enough time. I'm fairly sure I never knew it was the homework. <laughs> well, I think you should. Just a record yourself, show. Do we have a title for our podcast? Maybe the reason why I keep remembering is every time I go to produce the podcast, <laughs> I need to have a title, and I'm like, uh, okay, we haven't actually decided this. This, um, so it's more top of mind for me. Yeah. But, Jamie, so we did watch Parallax. Par- yeah, Parallax, is that what it's called? Mm-hmm. And what we forgot to do last time is allow you to give your summary of the episode as quickly as you can. So do you want to give that a go this time? Okay. Uh, my, <laughs> Are you referring sorry, to I, your notes? I, I am. I have notes this time. Really? And it's uh, I basically summarized it as Taurus knocks out Big Ginge in circumstances which would draw... HR question in ultimate mansplanatory response action as gateway to being given responsibility promotion and also the doctor became ickle. Great. That was very concise. Very concise. Yeah. Yeah. Very nice. Um, You know, there's something about some spatial distortions in there as well, but you know, (laughs) details. We wouldn't want to be conventional and focus on the actual mechanism driving the narrative, would we? Well, we are going to get into those details, but I was hoping you could explain some of them to me when we get to it. Are we all just um, sort of playing bluff here? Like, how close are we going to get to suggesting that we haven't actually watched the episode? Ah, oh, I'm sure you have. 
Based on that brilliant summary, I know you have. Explain the word ickle to me, because I think I... Is that uh, like slang for little? <laughs> um, it, it is a word that has been used to describe my height for oh. a period of time that so I describe as since childhood. For those who can't see, A, because you're sitting down, or they might, might only be listening. How tall are you, Jamie? <laughs> um, six foot five. Okay. Is that ickle? <laughs> that ickle. He may be exaggerating a little bit. Um, I think it was also um, a bit of a, like a, a. It was a bit of a generational word as well. I think because when, oh, okay. when I was yeah. a teenager, that was kind of used as a derogatory way of describing. You know, oh. It was never a compliment more. to me. <laughs> you know, oh, okay. it, it a little uh, so and so. I see. Obviously, <laughs> as I didn't grow up in this country, I did not know that. So thank you. Mm. That, um... Well, it's just clearly vital information there. No, well, it was part of a very precise summary. Yeah. So. Is, is there a South African or Afrikaans equivalent? Derogatory I'll or no? i think about that. I mean, I do uh, realise that, you know, describing people of shorter thinking. height is not something that has needed to be done very often by the South African people, but... <laughs> um, uh, I don't know. I can't think of anything offhand. Um, but yeah, so I guess diving into the episode, yeah. we have been... And I think the first words are, she hit me. Yeah, <laughs> she hit me. And I feel like, I mean, I don't know about you, Jamie, but obviously I've watched this many times. So even you immediately know who the she is, um, Belana Torres. But did you, were you still waiting to see because you're still new to Star Trek? Um, I, I sort of was, although there was quite a lot of mention made last time we spoke about the fact that, you know, Torres was firing. It was because she was half Vulcan and, uh, not Vulcan, I keep mixing that up. Klingon, half Klingon, forgive me. Um, so I sort of did, but I was a bit like, the first time it happens it, it, and how it's sort of described, it's like, she hit me. It doesn't sound like that big a deal. And then like later in the episode, it's described as she literally gave uh, that big ginge lad, uh, is it Kerry? Kerry. Kerry. Yeah. Uh, she gave him cranial fractures. And I was like, is no one else sort of going to make something in the fact she's just lamped this lad, given him cranial fractures, no, no, and then gotten his job? I think, uh, well, uh, yeah. But I mean, also, you when she explains it, you realise he was actually physical with her before she hit him. Well, yeah, because like, that, that's also the thing. Like, In what workplace environment is it appropriate well, to shove someone across just because you think they've got something wrong in a sort of no-stress-and-people-aren't-shooting-at-us environment? Which presumably, given the context of the way they're going on about it, rather than dealing with you know an alien invasion of the starship at that early stage in the episode, suggests that it wasn't a full stress environment. I think I'm following. Obviously, we do not endorse uh, physical violence <laughs> in the workplace, but okay. don't we? I just like want to he, be clear on this. He 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 shoved her. F- he t- like yeah, he did shove her first. Then she shoved back. And then she hit him. So I'm just saying, it takes two to tango on a starship. It, it absolutely um, does. Also, extenuating circumstances are that um, a in the Star Trek universe, um, even serious injuries like that can be magically healed with a with Very a device. And, and b, I think that they said. Um, Chicote said, "Oh, if it had been like an inch to the yes. left, it would have been fractures. But in fact, it wasn't fractures. So Correct. not that you know, no. I think he says it would have actually gone into up. gone into his um, yeah, she would have cerebellum. Like, yeah. But there were there were fractures. I, I just I was very well, clear about this nose. in the notes. I was, I was very clear about this. Um, 
Well, but, Tuvok wants to put her in the brig uh, for 75 years. This is a curiously literal response to the situation. Um, although, do, does he want to put her in the brig for 75 years? Because that's what Chakotay is implying it'll be, because that's how long until someone can actually you know, judge her. But um, actually, Tuvok is saying, no, you wouldn't need to wait 75 years. You just have... The, the captain, captain yeah. do it. So yeah. I, I feel that's uh, an incorrect accusation of well, our chief security officer. And yeah. I would like that to be taken back, if possible. <laughs> well, I mean, obviously, Tuvok is very clear in these situations. I think things are very black and white for him. But that meant mm. he had to like accept uh, Chakotay's mm. basically demand because Chakotay is senior to him. He's the yeah. first officer. So ultimately, yeah. he has to just do what he does. There, there is that sort of moment of tension between them, uh, oh, suggesting, yes. you know, there's a potential fault line in the crew where he goes, I'll have to file a full report. You yes. do that. Also, <laughs> which will be read Witheringly dismissive. Yeah. <laughs> Witheringly dismissive. Yes, there definitely is a bit of tension there because they still. Oh well, I guess Tuvok betrayed Chakotay, so yeah, uh, makes sense. Yeah, there's also a whole lot of you know. There's been an assault, and uh, Tuvok asks Chakotay, or as he's called uh, in an accent, which I did pick up on, Chakotay. Ah, uh, I as, mentioned this in the podcast. Yeah. It was a different pronunciation. Yeah. I know. And by and podcast, it was a... I mean the Delta Flares, but yes, carry on. Yeah, <laughs> and it, it seemed quite a Latinate uh, pronunciation of it, which I thought was an interesting spin on it. Um, but there's the whole thing that um, uh, Chakotay implies that he's going to deal with the situation without making Janeway aware of it, and that's a bit of an odd one. Um, oh, I think he said he would inform Janeway. Mm-hmm. He said he, he said yet, didn't he? Yeah. He yet. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Which I'm not sure what that meant. I don't know. Talking about um, what they call each other in the early episodes, like, there yeah. were quite a few interesting ones of them um, in this one, like as well as the sort of Chicote kind of Chicote. tribal pronunciation. Yeah. Um, Tom Barris's calls Voyager the Voyager. Oh, yes, they also <laughs> mentioned that. And apparently yeah. the actors fought against the... Um, that uh, wording, uh, oh. and we're kind of like, why are we calling it the Voyager? But also in Star Trek, well, and I think a lot of one-hour dramas, you are not allowed to deviate from the script or improvise at all. So they had to go ahead with the the Voyager. Really? And, um, <laughs> it they, sounds they, really odd now. Yeah, I don't think they could recall why they were told uh, uh, to do that, but they were both like, yes, we were like, this is so dumb, it's Voyager. Why are we calling it the Voyager? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they also... Um... Starts starts the story arc for the Doctor, and that they all refer to him as it yeah. <laughs> ah. at the beginning. Yeah. I missed that. Um, but I think straight after, like after the, that tense moment with Chakotay, Chakotay, Chakotay. <laughs> I can't use myself. Tuvok. Um, we see Saskia or Seska, a, a Jenny. I always kind of get excited when I see her. Oh, is, is because... she? The, is she the ex uh, Marquis one? because yes, two, two marquis come up to yes, Chakotay exactly. and sort of do the whole school trial. I heard this, I heard this, I heard this, I heard they're going to lock her up, I heard they're going to do this to the marquis, we're with you. And uh, yes. Chakotay sort of walks a fine but firm line saying that mutiny should see them thrown up on the bridge and he'll see them thrown up in, there, in the bridge. Well, she becomes a very big character and she's a very 
um, I don't want to give too much away, but uh, that was our first uh, yeah. sighting, I think, of her. Yeah. Um, Seems very gossip girly for um, Star Trek. She's causing trouble. She's got that like classic attitude of someone who just wants to cause trouble. You know, like I, don't know. I think I think it comes across mm. very well later as well when she's like um, trying to make things bigger than they really are. Okay. Um, but um, interesting. I think the next scene we're in Balana's quarters, and it's Balana and Chakotay, and we find out more about his plans for her career. Online. Yeah. It it doesn't seem like there's much trust between them there. It has to be said. Well, she is. She doesn't like his humor because I guess that's yeah, seventy five years. Yeah. So how long do I have to stay in here? Rest of the trip, seventy five years. <laughs> that's the like. <laughs> I thought it was funny. Mm, I agree. Yeah, it's. Um, I do. No, no I, I'm interested in other people's take on that one because it's a complicated sort of environment and scenario and it is a little bit like where do we go from she's knocked out her direct superior to I think you should be the boss? Well, I think what must be frustrating for Chakotay is he obviously had been planning that in his mind for her but hadn't communicated with everyone and wasn't realizing she was going to punch someone in the meantime <laughs> so he, i don't think it's like she punched someone he's like oh now you should be chief of engineering now he's like oh now it's going to be even harder to get you into that role uh, because you punched someone and okay. maybe that's where some of that tension is from um okay interesting and she you know just rails against like any kind of structure or um starfleet uh, that's discipline. Yeah, discipline. Well, is, is it discipline? I'm, I'm, yeah. More on that later in the podcast, I guess. That's true. Um, um, anything else on that? But I feel like it's a bit like me when I'm trying to get someone hired or promoted and then they do something stupid. I'm like, well, oh, what am I supposed to do? <laughs> <laughs> like, cancel the interview three times. I'm like, okay, well, you're going now. Uh, oh wow! Yeah. It's, um, it is an interesting one. Um, um, then I think we have the credits, which I watched again because I always watch the credits. Just, and I, yeah. I'm interested in how much you focus on the credit sequence because I almost, I almost just blotted out of my mind in most episodes that I watch. Like the first, the when I watched the episode last week, it was slightly different because it was the first time, but. When I'm watching a series, I very rarely... Oh, yes, but that was what I said last week. I always skip <sighs> the credits and the opening sequence. Ah, I think so, this one is so sort. moving and so it really mm. gets you in the mood for the episode. I yeah, think. and also, um, I, I do obviously skip them mm. now, but back when it was originally on, mm. you did just have to sit through them. So yeah, you, I know, still don't you, skip you really knew them That's... really well. Yeah. <laughs> Because you listen every uh, single episode, you sit and you wait, you listen to the nice music and you see the pretty graphics. Mm, and, you know, mm. that's why they become so familiar to you and comforting to you when you're older yeah. because you have to watch them so many times. <laughs> and I mean, now probably I'm replying to an email or something while it's on screen, but I do like the music and I like mm. the kind of atmosphere that it creates. Mm. Um, but then the next thing we see, I think they're in the, I keep, keep calling it the brief conference room, but I think it's mm. the briefing room. Ooh. Yeah, uh, with the senior Starfleet officers, and they are, and the senior Talaxin and the uh, senior Akampa. <laughs> yeah, so actually, I didn't, make, I didn't make enough notes. All I made a note was my, that funny line from Tuvok. That would be inconvenient but acceptable. 
Yeah. What is he talking about? <laughs> I don't uh, know. He, he's literally allowing his entire team to be moved from where they're operating ah, to yes, they're, somewhere they're that's going to be massively suboptimal. And he, you wouldn't see someone actually. Yeah, it's it's like he's, I wish people would be able to swallow stuff on the basis that it's inconvenient and acceptable for the greater good in <laughs> like a real life grown up environment. Um, I yes, like that. Yes, he, he is my role model. I wish I spoke like him. <laughs> um, yeah, but the, then there's that nice contrast in that scene, isn't there? Because you have that sort of um, input, but then you have Neelix um, oh, yes. and Kess sort of yes. thrust in there. There's a, an incredible juxtaposition, all of these individuals being incredibly serious, um, and Janeway sort of let, uh, <laughs> uh, accepting albeit grudgingly, that he probably has local knowledge that they could do with access to, but also there's a massive sort of seniority and maturity gulf that yeah. um, you sort of feel that Neelix provides a comic relief to them just by sort of, A, yeah, I'm the senior Salaxian and she's the <laughs> senior accompanist, but also, you know, saying while they're all going on about their skill sets and highly complex sort of Starfleet things, I can do some incredible things with root vegetables. Um. Yeah, I mean, that scene is very funny, but I think it's like also, again, like I think I said before, mm. that um, I'm more Tuvok and I have friends who are more Neelix. Mm. <laughs> and um, I would just find that attitude so irritating at first i know i i did as well actually it really not because i'm me. exclusive but I, I i think i'm quite like one of you know like i'm all about flat structures at work and include <laughs> people and don't exclude people but people pushing their way in like yeah. that would annoy me i'm not that's a bad probably character trait yeah. on my part but I jenny what did he, you think he is quite an annoying character isn't he? i think yeah. he's meant meant to be like that's part of his personality so um, yeah. I guess oh, yeah, that's well done. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he, he is a bit annoying, he but you know, also very nice. <laughs> and slightly creepy, touchy relationship with Kess that I'm not sure has aged well. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you can kind of tell his age a little bit underneath all the costume, can't you? Um, plus, there's the thing where she's actually supposed to be like seven <laughs> seven years old or something yeah. but then as she only lives till like nine i guess that, that means she's actually really old it's all very strange <laughs> yeah i mean he is a great character but in that moment i was very annoyed with him and i guess that's the point that was a, like effective storytelling mm. yeah. um, but, but they do like uh, contribute a few good ideas and the i guess kez suggests that they use create a hydroponic lab or somewhere to grow mm. fruit and vegetable mm-hmm um and then i guess yeah oh no no what had happened to the replicators to stop them being able to produce infinite amounts of food i think well again i was hoping you could fill me on the detail jamie but i think it's the um not the replicators because they can bring them back online but energy uh, they can't assume they have an infinite supply of energy yeah to keep okay Okay. they don't because they won't know you know if they're back in the alpha quadrant they're sort of regularly stocking up i guess or Mm. I don't know. Well, what? Yeah. I don't really know if stocking up. Getting there. warp they core energy. <laughs> yeah. What yeah. do they do? They, they stop off at the nearest warp mm. petrol station or something. Yeah. <laughs> they obviously can't do that in the Delta Quadrant, presumably, as as frequently. Mm. <laughs> mm. 
exactly. Uh, Katie, as we said before, we need like a actual astrophysicist on this podcast. Because <laughs> I'm just like making crap up. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, we'll... Would a replication work without any power, or could you replicate the actual materials you needed to generate power with the replicator? That's a good question, Jamie. Mm. But maybe it's energy is conserved, right? So you can't get more energy out of system than you put in. Yeah, I mean. You can't have so you a just t- keep having enough energy to create more energy. <laughs> yes. I make that up. I, I'm not going. I'm, I don't know. I'm not engaging. <laughs> yeah, I really engaging. don't know anything. You sound like I'm being confrontational. That's just something I remember vaguely from high school. Well, was like, although uh, it hasn't this nuclear is fusion. In the future. And, yeah. And do you know how in the future, like a lot of your scientific, um, mm. there's some of them change, don't they? You, yeah. Um, well, I'm going to Google it. Can I replicate them? <laughs> I feel like I'm having a bluff that I wasn't actually using called. Uh, this might take a while, so this could be bad. <laughs> For bad. continuity. <laughs> bad. Oh, cool. As I said, I don't do editing. That's okay. We'll, we'll claim that it's raw. <laughs> Replicators cannot create something from energy alone. Okay, this is a whole side note. Maybe research that, come back to it. <laughs> Follow-up question. Um, I think next, they're still in the briefing room, but they get to the uh, question about personnel. Ooh. So that's when Chakotay pitches Bellana to Janeway, and Janeway's face, I think, says... Mm. No. <laughs> it's, it's also the bit where um, Janeway sort of implies that no one from the Marquis is ever going to be in a position of authority on the ship because no one has seniority because they've not been at Starfleet longer than a day. Mm. Yeah, her argument is that they, it would be unfair on the Starfleet personnel to have people that are senior to them but didn't have to work as hard as they did to get into the position that they is it that they didn't work as hard as yeah, they did? Yeah, because you said they dedicate they had... their whole lives to getting into Starfleet. Yeah, yeah. and then he makes the probably sensible counter-argument that but if you go along with that, then none of his yeah. people will yeah. ever... And she, she doesn't agree with that because she doesn't want well, them she, to be separate yeah. people. <laughs> but the and reality she... is they kind of are. It's a bit like the argument for, like, um, you know, doing... Um, things to help you know minorities Mm. um you know and is that sort of well um i i made a note of janeway non-dni approach to seniority so i think i agree (laughs) with you but she sort of fudges i'm just jamie i was just saying what she said i'm not saying i I agree with her oh i I never thought you were i i was um i was about to sort of uh take on the ethical and logical shortfalls in that one of Janeway's position if I could violate the rule that we never criticise Janeway uh, well, on this podcast. Well, it, it, it all depends isn't it? If you identifying the marquee as a separate vulnerable group in which I case... I disagree I disagree. I think Well no they kind of are a vulnerable small group. I, right? They're a minority I think that ownership. misses the point and, and actually misses Janeway's Prejudiced against them you know so well, maybe they should have pr- proportional representation in leadership positions. <laughs> well, it, it's sort of weird because for a universe in which Starfleet is supposedly so meritocratic, Janeway, for Janeway to say it would be unfair to 
the Starfleet officers because they'd worked harder. She seems to be aggregating time in Starfleet with ability in, you know, yeah, I mean, sphere of expertise. But I think it's a very highly competitive program. You know, I mean, it, again, it might be, but like the, the but argument yes, being made for Bellana is she's just a better engineer. You know, yeah, yeah. People management skills are sorry. I'm turning this into an HR podcast. Sorry about that, guys. <laughs> well, at, at some point later, it does I fudge had meritocracy a with you know time at Starfleet, and I'm a bit like. Mm. And then you know the whole things. like equality of opportunity comes into it because yes, those people worked very hard to go to Starfleet Academy, but they probably were in a good starting position, whereas the Marquis, as I understand it, were um, defending their home for most of their. Um, well, they, they life. Mm. yeah, I mean, they, you join the Marquis because you disagree with the alliance that's been set up with the Cortes. So it's like a political, whatever. Mm. so they, they could have had the same opportunities, but they chose a different path. And I think the point, I think obviously she has her reasons, but at the end of the day, we know what happens. So she's able to change her mind. Um, mm. And yeah. I think yeah. something comes up later where I was like, oh, that's good change management. <laughs> because it's um, not um, just me that looks at this this way. Amazing. Yeah, I've, I've, I made a note, Jamie. Too. I hope I hope I haven't missed it. But I think in the rest of the scene, um, Tom gets voluntold to become a field medic uh, just because <laughs> he has that little bit of biochemistry. Yeah. Yep. Um, and then there's this the disruption and the shaking, mm-hmm. and it turns out there's a type four quantum Spe- singularity yeah. out there, and it's sending out spatial distortions. Yeah, and there's also like an audio transmission from inside, which they can't clear up in here. And then they figure out or believe that the, this other ship, there's another ship rather, trapped in an event horizon. And I, I was very grateful to Neelix or Kez, who was like, what's an event horizon? <laughs> so Neelix had to explain. <laughs> well, except, except he doesn't really sort of uh, tell her what it is. He just says that he was once nearly caught in one. Energy field around a synchronous, uh, around a um, singularity, he says. Yeah. Yeah, a collapsing he does explain star. it. Yeah, yeah, that was it. Okay. So that was some exposition thrown in there. I think. Yep. Boys, I yep. about the exposition. Um, so they need to ha- figure out how to pull the ship from the event horizon. Um, I think. Oh my gosh, I can't really understand these notes. But they basically have to kind of create a subspace tractor beam. I think. Yeah. Um. Which... Terry is still in charge at that point, but I think Bellano's like assigned to help him. Could be misremembering that. Yeah. And, mm. and... What do you guys think of um, the the decision that Takoshi makes to immediately call Bellano for her opinion on it, even though Terry's <laughs> the senior? Ah. Is, it, is that is that allowed? Because he thinks she will know because she has the background yeah. expertise, and therefore that's okay. Or is it like Jane May seems to think that is, she's not the he... senior engineer, so it should yeah. be Terry that they call? Because I wasn't, I wasn't really sure. I was in two. Well, months. I think it, to me it seemed like really natural. Again, I'm more like, I honestly, when I watched Star Trek in 2019, I don't think I've said it. I was like, wow, the corporate world makes so much more sense to me now. Because <laughs> I learned stuff about like the chain of command that you know is in something like the army or mm. the navy or mm. on a spaceship, and that I think filtered or definitely heavily yeah. influenced how business and corporations. Uh, the industrial age and all that kind of stuff and we still have remnants of that today even though i don't think that's the most effective mm. way to run or manage a company it, or manage people it, and so i was like what was wrong with that everyone's yeah. in the room asking opinions so jenny yeah. i'm with you there i think 
I didn't see, but obviously in well, that channel. I just channel, wasn't really sure. Oh. I was like, oh, is that? Um, cool. She had two completely different opinions yeah. on it, Jacoti and Jamie. And I was like, yeah. oh, I don't know. I mean, in, in one sense, yeah, you'd think you'd call on the person who's most likely to be able to solve the problem, especially in, if it's like a life or death situation. But then I, I guess in life or death situations, it's also important to respect the chain of command. So, yeah. Jamie, cool. it's okay to let us speak every now and again. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Yeah, you I will like, get given um, a chance. You will yeah, get given a chance. Also, I, I'm, I'm, yeah, I, I always sort of struggle for things to say when you're sort of describing individual like uh, scenes and and phrases and things. But um, I love the like sort of ge- more general philosophical debates that Star mm. Trek brings up and um, how you can sort of compare them to modern day <laughs> debates. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well, it's it's sort of that that is influencing my hand up because I'm like. I think I've seen a couple of episodes in some of the various other series and in none of them where they need an engineering opinion, does anyone go to anyone but like the chief engineer for it? They never go to a second or anything like that. It's always just chief engineer is the guy you go to. Like you you Hmm. never have, I don't know, beam me up Spock as the first point of call. It's beam me up Scotty. Yeah, I mean, so, like, this is a very clear chain of command. Yeah, so, like, it has been disregarded, so I think it's wrong on Chakotay's part. So okay. I'm with Janeway. Okay. So you should, you should have gone to Carrie, you think? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you just gonna, he wanted the chief of engineering to give them an insight. <laughs> you, I mean, you would be grumpy if you were Carrie, wouldn't you? You'd, um, yeah. You'd, you'd have to accept it and all, but... Yeah. Um, yeah, I think we've discussed a lot of what may come on the ready room because uh, I also had like in my notes out of line question mark and Janeway is like I can't make it too easy and we find out she was happy to promote Chakotay basically because mm. he kind of fits the mold even though he has this other do- yeah. you know dodgy experience by Starfleet standards and I think he mm. says something like they need um, more authority if you want their loyalty and mm. I was like that's good to change management. Too. Yeah, I absolutely agree with that one. Yeah, <laughs> no question on that one. Mm. It's the whole concept of like buy-in and um, mm. no taxation without representation. Yeah, and just a separate topic, but okay. No, 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 but but it is that sort of thing. You don't ask someone for something without them having something invested back yeah. and getting something back. Yeah, involving so, the stakeholders from the start of the project. <laughs> Yeah, this could turn into a project management project. <laughs> or a business consultancy one. So, yeah, may- maybe we have some more lasers next episode. Cause, like, <laughs> Laser feel... pointers, PowerPoint presentations. Yeah. yeah, I feel like the world doesn't want corporate UK's take on Star Trek, oddly enough. <laughs> what? This is going to be a huge hit. It's a um, great podcast. Yes, when we move away from my natural comfort place. I mean, maybe you should, maybe, you know, I've gone on and on and on about my favorite podcast ever. How, I was going to say, How Met Your Mother. My dad wrote a porno. Uh. Uh, that book is so funny because it's a mix of this terrible erotica and business, like <laughs> acumen and tips. And so it's like this weird, funny mix that makes it so amusing. Can't recommend it more because I've probably told it millions of times. Okay. Um, Next up, we're in the sick bay because Kez needs some dirt. I think she used something way more technical. But yeah. I just made a note. Dirt. Soil, Soil samples. samples. Oh, and, you know, it's got alliteration yeah. as well. So. Oh, yeah. Jenny, you noticed a very small detail there. Yeah. I know. I don't know how I remembered that. It's weird. But I was then, like, what did she say? Dirt. Yeah. But then the doctor is like, 
oh, so now I'm going to treat just every single pimple. Is that it? And I'm like, how did you get from a soil sample to pimple treatment? He was very grumpy and he escalated quickly. Yeah. Sure. Well, gives her the opportunity to describe him as sensitive and brings up this whole this whole theme that then runs all through about is he a thing or is he a person and it it relates even now to like ai and how it's going to progress and are we going to have to one day consider treating it as like an actual person and an identity it's kind of fascinating as a like theme yeah, yeah definitely. This, scene, this scene also it exploded my sort of nascent theory uh, that was sort of built earlier on in the episode um, where I was starting to sort of build to the conclusion that in Star Trek universe, they sort of subliminally signal who has power in the room by how much forehead they have on show. <laughs> so like, I have a lot of forehead. What does that mean? Let me explain. Let me explain. Because when you have that command scene with, you know, Kez and Neelix in there, of all of, I mean, Janeway is in full hair, hair pulled back, proper big forehead sort of mode. Kez, as one of the more sort of, you know, less ranking people has forehead sort of relatively covered and neelix well you know he's trying to claim authority has a bit more you know forehead coverage and i was starting to be like is this a thing that you know the producers of star trek are doing of like you know if this is a power figure in whatever culture crew whatever they're gonna have you know foreheads very much sort of prominent um but then the doctor absolutely exploded that because he's all forehead and he never Ah. has any power but that is a really interesting point because the doctor was that character apparently was only supposed to have a few scenes like and was supposed to be a super minor character. Uh. He developed into like one of the main. Wow. Yeah. And also just yeah. on, on that, I mean, I think everyone's appearance and everything is very much on purpose. Like mm. they put a lot of thought in heart. There. But one thing I promised myself when we started this podcast, which I did not share with you, is that we will never discuss anyone's hair because. Okay. Um, well, okay. Janeway's hair was a big deal, like in the 90s, having a female captain. And uh, even it got so much commentary and like ridiculous kind of... Um, what, what about? Her hair is amazing. You, like, and they were trying to figure out how what a woman captain's hair would be like because there's never been a woman's captain and all that kind of stuff. So, um, I think it's probably more the fact that they spent so much talking time talking about it that was the big... Not whether it was negative or positive. It was just like if oh, there was right. a male captain, would they spend this much time talking about it? No, but then hair? also as, so like, no as, hair, so. as, like an act, as an actor in a series, she got way more commentary on her hair and stuff like that. So I promised myself we would never discuss anyone's hair in that way oh, because it okay. already has enough air time. Interesting. Wait, that means no, I, I can't. Just I can't give you my one, my like my only one fact that I have, no. <laughs> which is about Janeway's hair. But it's because she told it at one of her oh, lectures. Oh yes, great. Yeah, you And it was to. just that apparently she has all these really complex hairstyles in the first season, because that's what they decided to do. Um, and then at the end of the first season, she said to them. This is crazy. Like, when does she? When does this captain have the time to do this hair? It's completely yeah. un, unrealistic. Obviously, you know, with sci-fi, you know, there is some non-realism there. Obviously, yeah. but like, they, she basically said to them, "Can we stop with the complicated hairstyles?" And they agreed. Yeah. Um, exactly. Which I thought that does make sense. Yeah, because you wouldn't, would you? You wouldn't be fannying about with your hair. Um, no. If you had a star, is that a technical term? <laughs> oh, it's probably. 
a British um, descriptive word. Oh, yeah, that's true. I'll try and uh, use something different. Yeah, so. So the doctor was very sensitive, but not only sensitive, he was also shrinking, (laughs) which was obviously very tragic for him, but did provide some comedy relief, I would say. Yeah. And everyone always saying, it's a very busy day. We can't get round oh, to you. Oh, shame. He just mm. keeps getting dismissed. Um, but also, Kiz is the first person to ask him, what's your name? And then that is also another thing that mm. runs through. Hey, Jenny. Mm. I'm glad he got the opportunity to um, stick around then and, and develop this character because yeah. I do think he's a brilliant character yeah. throughout the whole thing. And he's such a fantastic <laughs> actor. Yeah, I think that's why his role expanded from what I have picked up. Uh, from mm-hmm. listening to podcasts and mm-hmm. reading. Um, I just want to show you quickly. I, call, I don't know if you can see it. Yep. I saw this magazine. Actually, they had a ton of them at this like local market. It's like from 1995. And Wait, I bought it like ages ago. Captain Janeway? No, that is Julian Anderson. Oh, sorry. But I did have, think it looked different. <laughs> it's called Dreamwatch. I think it was like a sci-fi magazine or something. Sci-fi TV magazine. And they have an article in it um, about Star Trek. And they interviewed Jerry Ryan, one of the writers. And it's all Wait, Jerry Ryan? Wasn't she seven Jerry, Oh, sorry, Jerry Taylor. Good. Oh, right, yeah, Good yeah. Um, <laughs> Don't ask me what, why that's the one character well I know the name of. Um, but it's really funny. I'll probably, I should try to show this with you somehow. Hmm. What, what, what does the article say? Key, interesting. Uh, I, I'll have to save that for next week, but it was just okay. lying for next time. But um, Wait, yeah. why do you have a magazine from, like, the 90s? What? Because I found oh. it, like, at a local market. What's it doing in the local market? My mar- local market has everything, Did you spend like guys. £600 on a vintage magazine? This was 50p, probably. Maybe 10p. I'm genuinely oh. intrigued as to if you put that like on eBay, whole... how much that would get. I could get the whole series. Like, there was like 10. I just went for the ones that had Voyager on the cover. Genuinely? Could you tr- can you try putting that on I did eBay? Check. <laughs> and seeing how much that goes for us. You know, sort of vintage 90s magazine sci-fi paraphernalia. And telling us next week because I will, I will. I bet it's a me. I bet anyway. Carry on. Um, no, no. So back to the episode. So now they're on the bridge, and they, I think they're trying the tractor beam, but they are the ship's being pulled apart. I think. And yeah. Carrie basically actually saves the day because he has to manually yeah shut off the tractor beam. I think that's what happened. Yeah, I did think that maybe he was going to be injured in it, and that was going to be what opened up a path for Bellana, who was very oh. telegraphed, was going to be the chief engineer, <laughs> to go through and be the chief engineer, and that that would make it okay, because he'd been heroically incapacitated or killed, as opposed to she beats him up and then she takes his job. <laughs> yeah, I see. I see why you thought that, definitely. Um. <laughs> There's a long pause in <laughs> contemplation there. Is am I still the lowest common intellectual denominator on this? No, 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 no. Sorry, I'm also just thinking of the next point because um, mm. I made a note here again. So they like I think earlier Neelix was like, why don't we go to Eladarian or Eladarium or Elad- yeah, and she was like, no, no. Yeah. Um, but now they're like, oh, we should go. But did they? They didn't ever go, right? They never went. No, no, they, no. they couldn't because they were trapped and in. Ah. Uh, and okay, yes. we, we got into this yes. weird situation, which yes. was like, I don't know if you guys rem- remember uh, The Matrix 2, when Neo's stuck in that subway. And like every time oh. he goes out one end, he comes back the other end. And every time they tried to accelerate away, they yeah. found themselves back by yeah. the singularity. Yeah. And well, that's... Okay, that's why they didn't get there. Right. Yeah. Like, why? But before yeah. we get to that, 
Oh, sorry. Ooh, yeah, Just yeah. quickly before we get there, um, they decided to like make make off for this uh, lo local planet where they could get some help. Yeah. But then it, the next thing we see there in the ready room, and it's Bolana and Janeway, and it's the scene where she, Bolana's like she feels bad that the tractor beam didn't work. Um, but Janeway's actually not really interested in that. She's like, it's not your fault. She wants to discuss the chief engineer yeah. role. And the whole question comes up about whether it's not really about her engineering skills, but can she command others? And does she have the right starfleet knowledge? And I think Janeway's making, trying to make an effort to get to know her. And um, It's a bit of a direct way of doing it. Like Alana's not reacting very well, I guess, at this stage. <laughs> would, would you? Because there's other ways of trying to get to know someone than like, hello, are you good enough to be head of a team for an organization which you've shunned and rejected your entire life? 100% agree, but I can imagine this happening in a corporate setting, I guess. I'm sure there's kind of these kind of direct in business, like someone's like, oh, do you actually think you're good enough? Or not that that's really Janeway's perspective, but um, or maybe it's just happened to me. I don't know. Has someone actually come to you and been like, Red, are you good enough? Yeah. And their name wasn't Jamie Lowe. No, it wasn't Jamie Lowe. It's like, okay. well, why do you think you're good enough? Anyway. I'm going to have to edit out some names out of this. Yeah, yeah, it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> I'm not editing anything, so... You can't, edit, can't keep my work colleagues' names. Um, Jamie, your signal has gone yellow. What does that mean? I have I no idea. You. Can you still you. hear me? I can oh. hear you, but I don't see a recording. Uh... User is experiencing connection issues, but recording is being saved locally. Okay, no problem. Right. Um, and then that scene she, ends. Oh, sorry. I was going to say, I guess she um, in, is sort of interviewing her, but she hasn't really told her that it's an interview yeah. until she's in the interview. Seems a little unfair. But then I guess it is a kind of must make quick decisions kind of scenario. So. Yeah. I also find it a little bit weird. She thinks she's being brought there to be hauled over hot coals about the tractor beam not working as opposed to hauled there to be dragged over hot coals for chinning carry <laughs> good point good like, point we can clearly see where her folky are but like yeah she's very single-minded when it comes to engineering yeah but i get that scene ends i think with like janeway being like why did you leave starfleet and balana doesn't really give a very yeah answer yet yeah um and the doctor is trying to get hold of, well, manages to get hold of Janeway and mm. tell, to tell her she's he's still shrinking. Yeah. She just smiles and was like, <laughs> um, "It's not a problem for her, I am." And the doctor's upset because he didn't know about the singularity because he's actually mm. had like nine people reporting to sick bay, mm. and he's like, it "Would be helpful if I knew about these things." Very yeah. happy. Yeah, she um, does, uh, but Janeway actually acknowledges that. Yes, she does. Um, she like realizes there needs to be a change. To like the information flow, all the ways of working. Um, okay. Are you laughing at my use of the word information flow? You know exactly what I'm laughing at. I don't right? know where that came from. I've never said those two words next to each other in my life. You know exactly why I'm laughing. Um, then there's more bumps and spatial distortions, and apparently there's another type four uh, singularity. Yeah. But as you said earlier, Jamie, they're actually going around in circles. Mm. Yeah. And I love um, the description when they finally realise what's going on or what, what, what the Bellana works out. Um, mm. And her and Jane may get into a bit of a, you know, excited, um, why we're figuring it out. And then yeah. I think Tom Paris asks the the most 
easy so, to make sense of question <laughs> and says, am I making sense? And January says, no. Yeah, no. He, he's <laughs> completely <laughs> making sense. A reasonable question. Yeah, about which, which is effect. like, yeah, and, why and, is stuff uh, happening before we make it happen? Yeah, okay. and to be we fair, have skipped her, quite a lot, but... Ah, um, uh, okay, sorry. Uh, <laughs> Keep us give us continuity, Red. Give us continuity. But I think just... Um, for the listeners, of which we have none, <laughs> we should try at least one. Um, I reckon we should, you know, twist some of our friends' arms just to listen to this no, one, so we get no, one. No. Oh, sorry, this is a no one must ever see this. This must no never see I the know. life of day <laughs> scenario. I like to do things in secret. Strangers can listen. <laughs> okay, um, I agree. So that's when they figure out they're actually going around in circles, and the like senses and the logs are contradicting each other, mm. and no one has any clue what's going on. So um, Jamie tries that exper- experiment where they move away from the singularity while tracking their monitors, and mm. they just kind of land up back in the same place, even though the readings yeah. were. Um, yeah. So Janeway asks for all the data to be sent to her ready room so she can do her own analysis, which I thought was pretty cool. She's the boss. The way I work, my bosses don't do analysis. Yeah. <laughs> they rely on interns. So I was like, I respected her for that. Um, and then I think she calls like a staff meeting at some point in time and Chakotay's like uh, still pushing for Balan's inclusion yeah this is a key moment that like he insists that she be there Um, and I'm quite surprised that Janeway accepts yeah but I mean it is as Janey said earlier maybe like the severity or seriousness of the situation Mm. she does say um, he does say unless you've discounted her that's yeah. all consideration. And I'm like, well, I did do remember him passing Janeway a number of names. So <laughs> are they going to invite everyone? Uh, <laughs> well, it's an engineering specific problem. Well, is it an engineering specific problem? Yeah, yeah. But um, when earlier in the episode, he passes her a list of names for the position mm. of oh, chief yeah. of engineering. I thought maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it was. Uh, no, no, it wasn't positions. just. It was multiple positions. He said a list of uh, my key names who'd be good officers. Maybe that was it then. And I suppose even if there were other names in the mix, um, this was her... Um, Sphere of expertise. Yeah, and she, she sort of came up with the possible ways to counter it, didn't she? So it makes sense for her to be in the meeting. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, then we just have that little scene in engineering with Carrie and Balana, where I think he says oh. to her, you've been invited to the staff meeting. She's like, I'll be sure to relay everything. Yeah, yeah I'll give you an update. And then he's like, hot, massively toxic, hostile boss back of, go there, but don't say anything. Well, he's like, I'll be there too, which I guess, again, is fair enough on his part. I don't know why yeah, she then, assumed that. But his next follow-up is a little bit sort of harsh oh, don't, of, don't, don't put your hand up, uh, don't, yes, say don't say anything. Yeah. Mm. It's a bit of I'll give you an update versus hostile boss. Would you call that passive passive aggression or that's aggressive aggressive? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then Saskia, I think, comes up and it's like you should have broken more than his nose. That would have trouble. Oh yeah, <laughs> that minks. Then we have a walk and talk, as I like to call it, um, in the style of what's his name, Aaron Sorkin, and uh, not really, with uh, Harry Kim and Tuvok and. Harry Kim is like gossiping again about all the. Um, yeah. I think people I heard are things about to become violent. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, uh, and to... yeah. To... I sorry. I, I I there was a point there though that Tuvok says I'd hardly say things are about to become violent. They might be characterized as tense, tense, but not violent. And I was like, 
please tell me the next scene is them walking into engineering <laughs> someone smacking someone else with a chair. Yeah, that would <laughs> they, have been very funny. They uh, um, they missed an opportunity there. They Just did. Although Tupac yeah. did have some funny lines, like, oh, well, I found them funny, like you said there. And I'll never cease to be amazed at the human capacity for hyperbole, which I, I liked. <laughs> Although I was a bit confused by that because I thought but. They, it has been violent because <laughs> Bellana punched Yeah, but no Harry. one apart from Bellana has been violent. Because Harry was like, Harry people was, are on each other's throats. Yeah, and going to ah, beat each other okay. to death with, I mean, the chairs are stuck down, so presumably not the chairs, but, you know, whatever else <laughs> they have. I'm assuming fire extinguishers are a no-go. You're, you're looking <laughs> and, at... No, go ahead. I got Harry's nothing. struck down by that headache, so he has to go to sick bay. Yep. Um, and the doctor zooms into the conference, I call it zoom, sorry, into the conference <laughs> room to say there's 27 more victims or people reporting sick day. He's still shrinking. Um, Jamie finished her analysis and she doesn't know what's going on. And again, I kind of like that she's not afraid to admit she has no idea what's going yeah. on. Um, and she's like obviously happy to ask for help from the rest of the team. Yeah. And then we like building up to like Carrie, I think, suggests something which I did not pick up. And Bellana's like, that's not going to work. Yeah. Uh, but she suggests an alternative, I think, to help them communicate with the other ship. And that's yes. when I, I, my little note here is B Heart JW. <laughs> this is when their little engineering mans, I don't know what that term is, uh, begins to develop, you know, like as they start to work together to solve this problem. Oh, yeah. Oh, uh, right. Uh, it's not a romance. It's not a romance. It's an between engineering Between Captain Janeway and between Bolanas, they sort of yes. riff off it. Yeah, I thought that was a bit weird. Like, it's sort of really over-egged. It's like, hey, look, there's professional chemistry here. So <laughs> Bologna must be up to the job. Um, yeah, yeah, I think, again, that's a little bit later, but they, um, there's that... Yeah, I think we'll get to it. So then they, um, they're back on the bridge and they are able to open the communication channel to the other ship. The first thing that comes back once they've cleared the, up the signal is just Janeway's original hail. Yeah, that and was spooky. Cla- yeah, you're like, oh, that is creepy. And then they, cla- they cl- clarify the image. And then, uh, Jenny, it's your favorite line. It's oh. the Voyager. The <laughs> <laughs> <No>, Voyager. Yes. <laughs> And that is pretty, uh, I would say, pretty alarming. I would feel. What, the um, use of that Voyager or the, or the fact that <laughs> they can see themselves in, out, out of space? Yeah. <laughs> imagine. Uh, yeah, imagine. Um, and then the sensors confirm it's Voyager. They try to hail it, but there's no response. And I think Alana's like, she's come up with this explanation, which I just summarized as it's a time-delayed reflection. So it's actually Voyager <laughs> stuck in a singularity, not another ship as first thought. Yeah. Sounds sensible to me. <laughs> I just, I just, you know, I do think Tom Paris makes the most sense. He that. makes a lot of sense because he's like, well, how can we see something? How can we see something? Yeah, and, and Jamie's just like, no, no, you don't make any sense. <laughs> but yeah. I do I do appreciate her response. She's like, no, that's not right. Because in reality, you can observe a reaction from a cause before the cause has happened. And I but have what? this weird feeling like that. Maybe that does happen in chemistry, something. Something from well, like tem- GCSE well, chemistry. Yeah. Mechanics. So it's time travel mechanics. I mean, you can, you can see 
well, actually, I'm not going to go on relative speed of light and stuff like that. But oddly, like, it's a bit of a weird one because Tom Paris is almost asking, how can we be seeing an effect before the cause has happened? And January's, uh, and he's like, Am does I that make sense? sense? That's <laughs> yeah, what I'm asking. And, he does, and January's like, yes. She, she's like, no, that doesn't make sense. And then goes on to explain to him his own question. Um, <laughs> no, she provides the answer, but I think no, he no, does she, make she sense. She explains his own question to him. She's like, you're basically asking how we can observe an effect before a cause. And sometimes her answer is, and sometimes you can observe an effect before a cause. <laughs> but and she uses the word... Just, Temporal mechanics, so that brings some credibility. To- <laughs> well, yeah, but like he wasn't saying that. Oh, I agree. It wasn't the case. He was just like, "How is it the case?" So I feel patronised on behalf of Tom Paris. Well, so did uh, um, what's the name of the actor now? Uh, Tom Paris. Robert Duncan McNeil. Something. Yeah, he also felt patronised on behalf of Tom <laughs> Paris. He said exactly the same thing in the podcast that comes to this episode. He's like, "I'm making total sense." I think yes. the way she says, the way she says no, it's like yes, you're making sense, but you're overlooking the fact you're overlooking temporal mechanics or something. She's like, no, you're not making sense. Like, well, it is. But... Yeah, yeah. No, I'm just to, just to clarify. I, I did not in any way criticize Janeway's response to it. I just, oh. um, <laughs> I just, um, I, you know, I understand how Tom feels because yes, his question is exactly the question I would have asked. Like, but how? If we haven't arrived yet, how can there already be a reflection of us there? And then there's a whole. It's the whole same conundrum whenever you talk about um, like time travel in. <laughs> Oh, yes. in the sci-fi as well like but if you've gone and you've changed one thing you can't go back to the same the same time because mm. stuff will have changed anyway um i just thought that was all quite an interesting discussion amongst the group of them <laughs> i mean tom was speaking for the us lay people at home for sure like yes because like if he didn't ask like ask that question i would have no idea what's going on absolutely i mean i still have no idea what's going on but <laughs> i appreciate the question <laughs> So you, I guess, yeah, because then they uh, realize that Voyage is going to be crushed within like nine hours and they need to find a crack in the ice, which refers mm-hmm. back to Bellana's explanation of sitting at the bottom of the pond, looking up, seeing your reflection in the ice. But what is it reflecting off? The ice? That's what I wanted to ask well, no, you. What is the, what, what is, <laughs> yeah, I get that, me- that it's a metaphor, but what is the actual ice? In, oh. Is it the, the singularity? The event horizon or? or the singularity, yeah. I don't really That's understand my... this bit, but you know, they have to crack the ice to get out of this sort of weird infinite temporal loop. Yeah. Somehow. Um, which involves and, a tachyon beam. And this involves the bit I think, Jenny, that you were saying, where it's a bit like um I don't know, why do I want to say egg dong? But they like whoop particles. Uh, that uh, becomes like a Yeah, it feels a little a bit refrain. like what? I was gonna say a refrain. Like yes, yes. especially tachyon beam. That's often the answer to many I wish I had one. It seems to solve us a lot of solutions. It's a, a hypothetical particle that always travels faster than light, oh. which physicists believe can't exist. Oh. But this is where the love affair, Balana and Jamie, yeah. really kicks into gear. Like, if yeah. there's hints of it earlier, then uh, they're kind of like, it's like watching, almost like that scene is like seeing mm. two people. Uh, in a like rom com where they like meet on the bridge and like the world around them is just like swirling. <laughs> yeah, this this is the bit. That <laughs> like I was if like, I do this, this is a weird that. thing. What like, particles? 
Yeah, but then again, it's really nice to see that yeah. kind of thing, um, two people connecting on mm. an intellectual and um, mm. on a level that isn't about mm. heterosexual romance, to be honest, because everything is about that. Or <laughs> any romance, I would argue. Yeah, or any, yeah, to be fair. And it's just like, it doesn't always, uh, it's frustrating in the, in the movie world, in mm. the program that world. Always it's always about like sexual yeah. leads to like, some, you know, it's possible to have really meaningful and, um, you know, intimate relationships that aren't like romance or sexual relationships you know that's just about two people connecting um so i I really appreciate when they have a lot of that in star trek yeah i think that's why i loved it growing up i think that's why i still love it now because i think friendship is one of my like core values or whatever Mm. like um and that's why i love like janeway and two bucks really i mean i love there's so many friendships actually on that show Mm. yeah it's I 100% agree. Shame no one it's has a friendship good... with the HR lead on that ship. Sorry, carry on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's definitely Shit. some diversity, inclusion, HR needed there. Um, I was going to say as well that... Um... There are a lot of aliens on the ship. <laughs> that's true. That's How true. many aliens do they have in the command crew? What are the that's relative true. percentages? <laughs> Two buck and half. Um... Well, that's why they're adding Balana to the mix. Yeah. Half thing on. There you go. I mean, some might say that's tokenism. <laughs> well, Chakotay but, might say that's tokenism. <laughs> I mean, she. But this is the oh. scene where she actually proves, though, that it's not. Yeah. It won't be just tokenism because, yeah, in no, fact, no. she solves it. She's the better engineer. Um, although I would, in Janeway's position, uh, it would be obvious to me now that she she's going to be an asset and a great engineer, and she's the better engineer. And she's she's shown that in front of the the group as well, which is good because then later Carrie maybe can accept yeah. it a bit a bit more. However. They never addressed the the issue which Kane brought up at the start, which was she her, chinned him. Her, yeah, well, her ability to, um, you know, create Not a cohesive team, a team that will, you know, listen to her command, and that can she lead others? Can she? Because it requires a bit of interpersonal skills, doesn't it, to command a team? Although um, they sort of demonstrate it because they have her sort of in her first scene at the end. Um, you know, now she's in command. She's a big chief. She's like, do this, do that, please. And then there's like that bit at which sort of magically at the end, she and Carrie appear to have moved past their issues. Hers of being violent, his of being toxic. And he's like, I support <laughs> you 100%. Put it there. <laughs> Sorry, we're move- moving way ahead. Yeah, no, no, that's fine. <laughs> Um, back to the bridge, though they mm-hmm. uh, they release these war particles so that can scan the singularity, mm-hmm. and Tom Paris picks up a slight irregularity rupture, mm-hmm. which is only fifty meters by ten meters. So they need mm-hmm. to make it bigger. Yep. This is when they send a Dekion beam. Tachyon. Or they want Tachyon. no Dekion. It's Dekion. Oh, Dekion. Now. Well, how do you spell that? <laughs> I have no idea. I spelled it D E C I O N. I don't think that's how it's spelled. Dekion beam. Uh, oh, they realize they, to make it bigger, they need a Dekion beam, but it's too far away. So they're going to send a shuttle. Tom is like, I'm the best pilot ever. Yeah. You should take me. And Jane was like, but you don't know enough about time travel, so I'm taking Bolana. <laughs> Maybe not time travel, but um, temporal mechanics. Isn't there room for more than two in one of those shuttles? There is, but uh, that would interfere with the engineering romance. <laughs> yeah. Um, and oh, yeah, I don't know. Maybe in later episodes they have they gain more shuttles. I don't know. Yes. Maybe that first shuttle is only a two man oh, one. Oh, true. That's true, Jane. I can't remember. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just guessing. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so then Janeway and Bellana in a shuttle. Um, Bellana actually apologizes for losing her temper. Well, yeah. Re- 
maybe that's part of the reason Janeway is like, well, actually, she's capable of, um, yeah, she has her outburst, yeah. but she's capable of self-reflection and um, sort of um, apologising when, when she's or, in the or, or at the um, very least, job-specific manoeuvring. I don't think she's capable of that. Julie, how could you say such a thing? Julie Milana's motives are are true and (laughs) I'm sorry. You you have me here to be the lay idiot, and I'm just saying what could be asked. Um, But I I thought it was... Well, it it was... I mean, it's just a TV episode, but it does show growth, because remember when Chakotay asked her to apologise to Kerry, she's like, no ways! You know, like, she can't think of anything The only thing I regret is not hitting him harder. Yeah. (laughs) So now she apologises, and she's... I think she says something like, I'm not officer material, and that's why she she left Starfleet. She thought she couldn't cut it. Mm. And then Janeway reveals that actually a lot of people at Starfleet thought she was very good and she had support and she didn't know that. Which I guess yeah. is another indication of her character, like being so independent and thinking she has to achieve everything on her own without mm. anyone else's help. I mean, maybe mm. now I'm reaching, but I think that shows some some backstory. Yes. Um, and then I did like Janeway's line here. Some professors like students who challenge their assumptions, Balana, mm. and so do some captains. Yeah, I love that line. That's a good one. <laughs> Hmm. Um. So, because she, yeah, she thought she was too, yeah, yeah, just confrontational right. and yeah. asking questions and things. But that's what you want, really, isn't it? And as a student, and, hmm. um, especially if um, I don't know, if you're in a leadership position, especially if you're one in Janeway's position, where she's potentially going to have to be remaining in that position mm. for 75 years, <laughs> she's yeah. going to need people to challenge her leadership because yeah. otherwise, she's going to turn into a dictator <laughs> without realizing yeah. it <laughs> and not come up with the best you know one person cannot come up with the best solutions for every problem that they encounter um yeah. so they're approaching the rift and they initiate the decion beam you need to widen it by 70 percent, but they only get to 65 percent. punch it through uh nearly jamie nearly okay. <laughs> then we so, know what jamie's favorite line is yeah <laughs> Um, so they get to 120 meters in diameter, which is less than two meters clearance on either side, which I think is really fun detail to know. Because yeah. you're like, oh, got to really squeeze in this big. I mean, that feels like a big challenge. Yeah. What what, what are the dimensions of Voyager? Like how long and how wide? Mm. Do you want to Google that quickly? I don't know. Oh, hang on. Hang on. I, I feel like I want to find this out. Yeah. Um. And while you're doing while you're doing that, because I don't think it was, I mean, it was still tight. But so then they got to return mm-hmm. the, the um, to turn the shuttle, return to Voyager. But then they, when they're returning, they had to decide which Voyager to dock at because they obviously can see the reflection mm-hmm. on the original. So mm-hmm. that's an extra extra puzzle. Um, <laughs> I found I out that. its dimensions, by the way. Yeah. Mm. So it is three hundred and forty-three meters long. And 116 meters wide. Okay. Mm. Yeah. So that's two meters is not a lot of clearance either way. Yeah. <laughs> not a lot. What were you going to say, Jenny? I was going to say, I feel like there's a, there's a strong theme in, in this episode, <coughs> which I absolutely love, um, mm. which is in that shuttle when they're deciding about which Voyager to go for, and also in the end scene as well between Carrie and Bellana, which is touches on Red, what you mentioned in our first podcast about how you imagined this is the universe the real universe when you were a teenager that grown-ups lived in where yes. you were able to yeah. just you know have a disagreement um state what, what you thought mm. and why and then listen to the other persons and yeah. then a decision was made and you went with it 
and there was no there was no attitude there was no mm. tantrum it was yeah. just adult behavior and the mm. same thing happens between Bologna and Carrie at the end when you know she asked for his support she says I'm going to need your support in this leadership mm. role and, and he says you know you'll always have my best effectively and I just mm. thought yeah that must be what it's like when you leave high school <laughs> yeah that's I oh, thought the world that we were was. <laughs> I thought that was going to be the university and I was very disappointed yeah. in that respect. Yeah, I cannot explain to you the disappointment I felt when I started rewatching in 2019. And a lot of stuff was also happening, like uh, Black yeah. Lives Matter, the Me Too movement, or like, all the, I mean, COVID. My, not COVID yet, but... Uh, 2019? I was like, oh, yeah, not COVID. Okay, sorry. But a lot of stuff was happening. 2020, care. yeah. Uh, and I was like, ah, this is not... I was I, I was when I realized the world had not turned out as I'd expected. The future had not materialized the way I'd expected. It's very disappointing. Although very I must say, I did I, I from my personal experience was that there was a bit it was a bit more like that at university, but then it sort of went backwards because in the workplace it was more like high yeah. school. <laughs> yes, because actually people are just political creatures. Uh, yeah. or or selfish creatures. I'm not sure what the term is. But um so but yes, and they have this kind of detailed, they have to like uh, rationalize which ship, but luckily they picked the right one. But in the time it has taken them to get back, the rupture has narrowed to 110 meters. And Jamie, mm-hmm. as you just told us, the ship is 160 meters wide. So what does Janeway say? Um, she tells us that she actually learned that maneuvering a starship was supposed to be about delicacy. Um, but she's tearing up that rule book and that sometimes you just have to punch your way through. <laughs> Exactly. And I prefer the first half of that quote to the last half, just to uh, confound expectations of which my favourite quote might be. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, so they make it through, and I think there's some cocky comment from Tom, which I don't remember. I just literally have on my notes, cocky comment from Tom. He's like, oh, I'm going to remember <laughs> that punching through or something. Uh, I'm going to remember that line. Yes. Um, then... To wrap up, we're in engineering, and I guess Bologna has um, been made chief engineer. Mm. Um, and yeah. I think she says, "I'll try not break. I'll try not break any of their noses <laughs> looking at her." Yeah. Um, and yeah, then they have that nice scene with Carrie where they kind of mm. let bygones be bygones and kind of have a fresh start. Yeah. Um. And then we find out, I guess, then we see Chakotay and Jamie talking, and um, the only detail that I wrote here, so I don't remember. I watched this, like, just a few hours ago. Why don't I remember? Um, That they already had two complaints about her promotion. (laughs) 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 Which I thought was, like, just an interesting little side note. So there's obviously, like, a formal kind of complaints mechanism, and not everyone's happy. We um, never meet the HR officer. Yeah, but HR took those complaints. Yeah, that's, <laughs> HR did what HR do, which is make those things disappear. <laughs> Surely Janeway doesn't receive the complaints herself. No, I hope them. not. <laughs> well, I mean, but I like the fact there about the fact she's been promoted as opposed to anything she does when she's actually the chief of uh, engineering, because that suggests that people don't have a leg to stand on, actually, in their criticisms of what she actually does. It's just, how dare they recruit a marquee above me? Yeah, I think that is the case. I agree. Mm. I, I like to think that the complaints were less to do with the fact she's a marquee and more to do with that, you know, 
it wasn't the appropriate order of things because Carrie was next in line. <laughs> Otherwise, also, it could have been. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, not Otherwise. because she's a marquee, but rather because that experience is not uh, the expected experience of a Starfleet officer, I think. Um, you know, mm-hmm. not because she's. Uh, well, I don't know. Obviously, I did not read those complaints myself. I'm really glad to hear that. Confidentiality means confidentiality. (laughs) I'm the HR. Um, (gasps) (laughs) Twist. (laughs) Maybe it was all just Carrie's friends. Frankly, there were some discrepancies on that ship. Yeah. Yeah. Say that again, Jenny. Maybe it was Carrie's friends, like his two best mates. They felt they had to stick by him and he was being far too good accepting Bologna as being promoted above him. Also very possible. Um, I like to think the best of the whole crew. Yeah. Apart from Seska. Yeah. Uh, I mean, exactly. I'm sure and then she I has think... some redemptive qualities. No. <laughs> you kidding. wait. We'll remind you you said that later. Yeah. <laughs> um, then there's another transmission from the doctor. He's still shrinking. Shame. This little like B story or C story yeah. going on in the background. This doctor's just getting smaller, smaller, smaller. Yeah. Um, so Tom goes to sick bay. Or the final scene is a Tom and Sick Bay. And um, he's pretty rude, but again, it sets up this dynamic between the Tom and Doctor. But do you remember the line there, Jamie? Because you like have a photographic memory. Oh, like God. Um, no. I think it's something like uh, when Tom is looking at the tiny little doctor just sitting or standing on the chair. He's like, Oh, I, I like you better I... that way. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So um, that's also a bit of humour and pointing. The doctor the at that stage could be described as Ickle with eighty-five percent accuracy confidence. Um, yeah, Ickle. Uh, I learned something new. Because hmm. um, people are using the word Ick a lot recently on Twitter, and I find myself hating all contractions yeah. or words that are just being repurposed. Yeah. But I think that's just my age. <laughs> I'm yeah. not that age. Is it a contraction? I always thought it was just like the sound you make. Yeah, I don't think that's it. actually a contraction. But like, uh, mm. some I realized during um, the World Cup, people were saying "pen" for penalty. Oh yeah, oh. yeah. And yeah. I was like, "What are you talking about? Like, why would you do that?" Because because it's part derive the meaning of "pen" from if you don't know the word "penalty." Because yeah. there's so many, like, anyway, I was very annoyed. It's not, oh, it's yeah, not very exactly. common in football, actually. Very few people. I don't think it's common because I only saw it recently. But well, then, like, you can't you can't contract something if the thing you contract it to is a word in itself that means something completely different. Yes, <laughs> like you lose all the it's just going to confuse everyone, surely. I mean, well, maybe we are both at that age. <laughs> is is yeah, this maybe. one of those disappointments with life that came when you realised we weren't in Star Trek universe? No, I wouldn't say, I mean, reno for renovation, I find annoying, but I can I can describe what it means. Pen for penalty. I have strong feelings about this. <laughs> um, but before we, I think... I mean, it's... people could be talking about that ca- that town in California or in the United States, Reno, as opposed to it's, renovations. Yeah, no, I'm just saying, overall, I'm against the Overall, I'm against the movement, but I can be less annoyed about some than others. That's all. Um, did you were there any big themes Jenny that you wanted to talk about or things that came up on well yes you see because I, I made notes of um, <laughs> well, well one of the things I, I loved was the fact that there are so many themes and they sort of interweave 
amongst yeah. the whole episode and then they re- come back to them in later episodes so they're like precursors so you've got mm. the whole like you know ai and how should we treat her and when it becomes will it become sentient and will mm. it become a person um should we call it it or should we allow it freedom mm. and, and the name freedom to shut itself down or you know all that all that kind of thing becomes like a big deal and that's kind of running in like a minor backstory yeah. in this one and then you've yeah. got the whole like you know leadership qualities and what does it take to be a leader how should leaders be selected mm. based based on their knowledge or you know what qualities are needed the whole like fair competition thing running throughout yeah. and, you know the, the scene between Carrie and Bologna at the end and um there yeah, and then of course the whole like Marky versus Starfleet which <laughs> is really running strong in the first season um, yeah. and then I love that like way <laughs> later I think it must be like many seasons later mm. They kind of revisit it a bit when there's this, um, we'll get to it, but there's this episode where they discover someone created a um, holographic program of what would happen if the Marquis um, oh, rebelled yes. and tried to take over the ship. And they, oh, yes. They, 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 I won't say who it is, but they created it as a training program in case it really happened, because that really was a threat in the early days. <laughs> I reckon it was yeah, Kess. <laughs> well, I, I obviously she strikes know, me as the sort of person who's worried about losing her new hope. Sorry, carry on. <laughs> In preparation for this podcast, we watched the episode, and then I also listened to the corresponding episode <laughs> of the Delta Flyers because uh, that is my favorite yeah. Star Trek podcast. I've listened to lots of others, but that's one. But I don't always agree with their point of view. But um, I do learn a lot, and it's like it, it, I, I do really like the podcast. But um, the one uh, comment from the one guy was that he thought there was too much conflict in this episode between the Marquis and the Starfleet. And I was like, I I disagree because they wouldn't just instantly all become friends overnight yeah. after one episode. You kind yeah. of need to believe mm. that they find a way to collaborate and integrate. Especially not yeah. after Tuvok sold them all out. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, because, I mean, there's all this um, conflict when you put teams together who don't have a reason to dislike each other, and these two were literally enemies. Yeah. Um, Mm. One was, like, trying to capture and imprison the other one. So Mm. I agree, Red, the idea that there wouldn't be conflicts that needed to time and to be worked through um, would be unrealistic to me. So I I like that that's in there. I'm I'm glad, though, that it, it... disappears because i think it, yes, if it stayed great. throughout all how many seasons it would start to you know take its toll a bit yeah it's a good yeah. start and i guess it provides story for the first i don't remember obviously but like maybe first half of the first series mm. or something. but then it obviously mm. branch out and just explore all those other themes that you describe and so many so many others yeah just seeing if there were any others that jumped out at me no that was that was the main ones but i just love that i love that it um, has all those different things running through. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Makes it yeah, I mean, I, I feel, again, like, it's, um, overall, A, mm. I took Star Trek Voyager as, like, the life class when I was a teenager. <laughs> then when I rewatched it as an adult, I, like, then more interpreting or noticing the themes or, um, and then realizing what's, what um, science fiction is, is, like, exploring human problems, but at mm. a distance that you can say things and get yeah. away with things. You can't when you tell the story directly or you're exploring mm. things that haven't happened yet like the ai stuff it, um, it, and mm. for example like i mean i think i've said well to you before but and it's about dc's nine but i never really got war i just like don't understand it it doesn't make a lot of sense to me but watching De- deep space nine helped like clarify okay invasion okay settlers okay 
I mean, not all wars, but um, mm. it made things much more concrete. And then there they obviously cover like war crimes and uh, um, sympathizers and all this kind of thing. Um, which... Yeah. And it helps understand like um, maybe you can't sort of work out war to start with, yeah. um, but why? Because there's been wars in the past. It Why just it keeps on going and going, yeah. yeah, because there's always people who have been had their home yeah. taken away from them, and there's people who would feel like their home is being yeah. taken from them if they were to be pushed out for the people whose home it originally was, etc. Yeah, um, exactly. It just made those things much more concrete for me. I don't. I mean, maybe that's because I have, mm. have a brain that's not very smart. So. But to end, I did try to find it. Because you you're an idealist, red like me, yeah. Yeah, and your, a... your stance is why. Why yes. war at all? <laughs> Why are we organizing these rules and stuff so that we can have wars? Let's just like abolish the wars. Anyway. What? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I also feel a little bit like uh, I'm not very nationalistic because I'm like, why do we have these randomly drawn lines, which we call a country, when like... <laughs> yeah, they are random. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, I like the whole diversity and different traditions and cultures. and things. Mm. It's good. But uh, yeah. Also, why when you have one, why don't the people in charge look after the people in those countries? Anyway, that's a whole. Yeah. <laughs> so many questions. <laughs> so many questions. Yeah. But um, instead of a did you know, I had a joke because I realized when I was listening to the podcast, um, and Jamie might have to explain this one to you, that Paris gets promoted to lieutenant at the end of the caretaker. Uh, you know, I think one of the yep. final scenes yep. is his promotion. Yep. And uh, Harry Kim never gets promoted. He's like an ensign or the whole series uh, and that is kind of like a star trek joke running joke whatever uh-huh. um but then i saw this d- joke on twitter which was uh, what did harry wait so let me just make sure i've got the whole thing here what did harry kim say after his promotion computer and program <laughs> oh so mean so mean <laughs> it's a good like... joke is, is Ensign like an entry-level officer rank? Because he was I on the he... senior command staff, wasn't he? Yeah, but he doesn't actually... He's very senior in terms of what he has to do, but his actual rank is Ensign for some reason the whole time. Yeah. Mm. Do you know, though, I, I hate to point this out, but <laughs> it's only because I agree with Red, and I, I'm like, why, why? But there is an episode where um, he actually, like way later, where he says to Janeway, look, I appreciate that in the back in the real Star Trek world, um, you know, I would have been progressing and I would have moved on. And I appreciate that that isn't actually possible here because we're stuck all together on the ship and you're always going to need people to do the entry level roles. So no, so people can't really be constantly promoted because there'll be no one ah. from the bottom to fill. And he, he says that to her. And then uh, he says, however, I'd like to take on more responsibility. And then there's this whole sort of um, thing where he um, takes on more responsibility, basically. I think she leaves him in charge of the ship for a day or something. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, he definitely has night command from what I remember. Um on the bridge. Uh yeah, Jenny, you remember you and Jamie have like photographic memories. Well no, only because you um the things you, you mention, I I have I had the same yeah. thoughts about them, like, oh I wonder why that and then so then if you get the answer in a later episode, it, it stays in my memory for some reason. <laughs> yeah, that that's true. Um, maybe I watch too much other TV as well. <laughs> <laughs> or I just watch Voyager way too much. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm happy to be rewatching. I had to go like two years without rewatching because I was waiting to start a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> do you know what I find really hard is to watch one episode <laughs> and, oh. then, and then wait to do the podcast because I don't want to watch mm. the next one and get confused. Mm. So. Yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah. 
Good point. Okay. Well, on that note, I think I have to go because I have to make some dinner or eat some dinner. Or I help do dinner. need to make food. Actually, I think my 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 flatmate when I last saw him, he was like, "What do you want for dinner?" And he'd gone out to the grocery store, so I probably don't have to cook anything. So handsome Guillaume is making you food. Oh my gosh! It, <laughs> I told you I'm not editing this podcast. So we just have to yeah, but you stopped recording, haven't you? No, but I will stop oh. now and end. <laughs>